Well, good morning, church. I hope you're doing well. Uh, I was reminded this last week that this time last year, we, we were uh, moving back into the BA campus after spending several uh, weeks at the UPAC. And uh, the last few weeks, uh, Mike and some in, the, in that area ha- have told me, and, and they're happy to report, and I'm happy to report to you, uh, that, that in the last year, we have either replaced or repaired, updated the roof at, at all six Tulsa campuses. And uh, that's a big, big, big milestone. Uh, in addition, we have or we soon will be adding access control and, and video cameras to every single one of our campuses, all six of the Tulsa campuses, uh, for the safety of every kid at every campus. And our facility teams have made a lot of progress over the last uh, year. You probably don't know anybody on those teams, but would you just thank them for all that they do uh, all, all year long? <coughs> and those things are possible. Uh, because of your faithful giving. So I'm just happy to give you that update today. And today, uh, we're going to finish our study in the book of Colossians. And so if you got your Bible, turn to Colossians. And and, uh, truthfully, we've really only skimmed the top of of the book of Colossians. There is so much more uh, in the book of Colossians. In fact, I would love to take a book, take a year, in fact, two years, take two years, and and work through one book, uh, verse by verse by verse. But it would take hours every Sunday. And so I'm not going to put you through that. But I will say that this. I want you to know how to read your Bible. I do not want to read your Bible for you. I want you to read your Bible for you. And and better than that, more importantly, would be to let it read you on a daily basis and let the Lord speak to you on a daily basis. In fact, I want to announce today, I think next week we'll have them. Uh, We've been doing these devotionals every year for, I don't know, five or 10, 15 years. I don't have 20. I don't know how many years we've been doing it a while. And, uh, in 2023, I, I want to take a year off from that. And what I want us to do together is to read the whole Bible in one year. And so we've purchased these one-year Bibles. We also have a reading plan on the Bible app that will be available for you if you prefer to do it digitally. But we'll have these Bibles. We bought them in bulk. And so there'll be a one-year Bible, a discounted price for you. And they'll be here at all of our campuses next week. But there will be something powerful that will happen for thousands of people to say, I'm going to, in 2023, read the whole counsel of the world. Of God. We're going to walk through the whole Bible together in one year. And one thing you should do uh, when you read any book of the Bible is ask the question, what is God saying? And over in Colossians, there's one theme we've pointed out that runs all the way through the book. Uh, remember, they were Christians in a very pagan city. And it wasn't that they were creeping into pagan temples. It was that this pagan lifestyle was creeping into the church. And over and over again, Paul reminds them, you are saved by grace. God gave this thing to you. In fact, write this down if you would uh, this morning, that we are not saved because of what we do. We do what we do because we are saved. Amen? That's called grace. You're not saved because you serve at church. You serve because you are saved, right? You're not saved by how much you give. You give because you are saved. You're not saved by how much you love. You love because you are saved. We could fill in the blank over and over and over again for hours in that one little sentence game, right? But we're going to wrap up this series today, and I want you to keep that in mind. Because at the end of the letter, Paul gives his final instructions to 
to the church at Colossae. And, and usually this is how Paul would write a letter, okay? It helps to know the format, by the way. That, that first, he starts with a greeting and, and a blessing. Here's what I know about you, and here's how I'm praying for you, right? And, and then he moves to the body, and, and he says, this is the reason I'm writing. Usually it's corrective, right? And, and, and Hey, I heard you're having this problem or that problem. Let me address that problem. And Colossae, it was all about they were following now this wrong teaching. Then he ends his letters with uh, some very practical instructions. says, based on what I've just said, here are some next steps for you today. And so today, that's what we're going to look at. Today, that's what I want to look at is the next steps, the practical instruction at the end, chapter four uh, of Colossae. What does Paul want us to do? And more importantly, the question I just taught you is, what does God want us to do, right? But because if you read your Bible and it doesn't prompt some action, read it again. Read it three times, right? Keep reading it. Let it read you. Uh, there should be something in us that changes when we encounter the living Word of God. So, so let's look at Colossians and see what is it that God uh, wants from us. Look at what he says. Devote yourselves to prayer. Say devote. Devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert. Say alert. In it with thanksgiving, at the same time, pray also for us that God may open a door, say door, Door. for us to the word, that we may speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Verse 4, so that I may make it known as I should. And then he says, now you act wisely towards outsiders, making the most of the time. Now, I want to give you an outline uh, today, which is another good thing that will make reading your Bible more helpful to you is to sort of outline it when you read it. And I know it sounds a lot like high school English class, uh, but, but that's why they taught you that. It's so that you can learn to apply what it is that you're reading, right? And the best application of all is biblical application. And and so here's the uh, application. Here's the outline uh, of these few verses. Pray, stay, and act. You you want a way to remember it? It's a PSA, a public service announcement. Pray, stay, and act. You want another way to remember it if you're into rhymes? Pray, stay, and play, right? Run the play. Pray, stay, and run the play. There are three things that Paul tells us to do, and those are the three things we're going to talk about as we wrap up this series. And and, and so number one uh, in, in this verse, he says, pray, right? Right here he says, devote yourselves to prayer. Right here he says, pray, right? So this is number one. And our outline, pray, say pray. Prayer should be the first thing in our lives. If you don't have a prayer life, you don't have a real life. In fact, if you spend one day not leaning on God, you will perpetually spin your wheels. Remember what Jesus taught us in John 15, that you can do nothing apart from me. That sounds silly in our minds, right? That we could do nothing. I I could put my shoes on. But he said you can do nothing of eternal value, nothing of spiritual value apart from being connected to him. So prayer is the first thing we should do. And remember, first doesn't just mean put it at the top of a list and check it off and move on, right? That's not what it means. First means priority. It means that we give it priority. It's literally above all else. Remember, Colossians is all about the preeminence of Jesus Christ. And if he is truly above all, we should prioritize him, which involves talking to him, right? Prayer. So we talk to him. And it's not just say a quick prayer and move on. Uh, We pray before, during, and after every decision that we make. Paul is very specific about what he wants us to pray about uh, as well. Look at what he says. I want you to pray that God may open a door to us for the word in order for what? A door for what? For us to speak 
for us to speak the mystery of Christ. So he wants us to pray about two things, open doors and open mouths, right? Open doors and open mouths. God will open doors in your life when you devote yourself to prayer. And you hear that, and you may be tempted to think, open doors, that's amazing. God is going to open doors. He'll open doors to a new job, to a new house, to a spouse, to fertility, to adoption. And, and all of that may be true. God will do those things in your lives, but, but all of those things are secondary. Re- remember what is first and above all in your life is primary, and Jesus desires to be first and above all in our lives, so his call is primary on our lives. And the primary calling on our lives is what? To tell others about Jesus, period. That's it, right? Your, your secondary calling is whatever you do while you're telling people about Jesus. So you, you think I'm called to be an accountant or a plumber or a teacher or a student or a stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home dad. You think any of those things, great, fine. Th- those are the things you're doing listen, while you're telling people about Jesus. Your secondary calling is what you do with your time, your talent, and your treasure while you're doing your primary calling. Now, now go back to that verse. I want you to see one more uh, thing in it in in verse 3. Look at what it says. Uh, Speak the mystery of Christ. I wish I had time to dive into that one, the mystery of Christ. There's so much truth there. For which I am in, look at what he says, in chains. Remember, this is called a, a prison epistle. He wrote it from prison. Uh, While he was in prison, he is writing this letter. He was locked away, unfairly, by the way. But, But to our knowledge, Paul never saw his imprisonments, more than one, plural, from the point of view of fairness. He always looked at them and looked at those situations through the lens of the gospel, asking, how can my present predicament make Jesus more well known? Think about the guard every time that was chained to Paul all day long. That guy had no shot of not becoming a Christian, right? (laughs) Years ago, that reminds me of a story. Years ago, we were making a trip to Israel, and I had a buddy call, and and he, he said, hey, I'm in the hospital. One of my cousins is having a baby, and her husband... And I were talking, uh, and he said he's always wanted to go to Israel. He said, is it okay if people from outside of the church or outside of Oklahoma can go with you to Israel? I said, of course. He said, there's one thing I got to tell you. He's an atheist. And he's the editor of this paper at this state university in another state. And he's atheist. Can, can he go on this trip? I said, absolutely, he can go on the trip. And I called the travel agent. And I said, set him right next to me <laughs> on the plane. And, and, and so 20 hours on the plane, we, we got to know one another and, uh, at restaurants and whatever. And he, he said, I don't believe, I don't believe. And, and multiple times throughout the days, he don't believe about five or six days into the trip, we're standing under Caiaphas house, the high priest that, uh, you know, that sentenced Jesus to die in that prison or where that well, where they think Jesus spent his last night alive. And, and that young man looked at me in that place and said, I believe. And he trusted Christ in that moment, in in, in that well. Uh, Think about this guy being chained to Paul. And and the gospel going forth all the time, all the time. In fact, some of you asked about Israel. We did book the trip this last week for 2024. And and so it will sell out also. You can can fill that out. But, but, But here's the point that I want you to hear. Sometimes we feel stuck. Sometimes we feel, in fact, if I could confess to you this morning, I got up like, I'm not feeling it today. And I wrestled with it all morning. I'm praying about it all morning in my office. I'm like, can somebody else preach? Maybe Meredith will do it today. And, 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 then, and then we come in here, and during the worship, the Lord just lifted my eyes. Isn't that the point of corporate worship? 
right? The, the, you're provoking one another. We're provoking one another to, to who Jesus is, to who God is, to the preeminence of Christ in our lives. But sometimes we don't feel it, right? Sometimes we feel stuck. Sometimes we feel stuck in a job. We feel stuck in our circumstances, maybe in a relationship. We, we can feel stuck in a rut in, in a certain area of our lives. And it's in these moments that we feel like we have chains on. And we can either look at the chains and say, why me? And get down on ourselves and have some sort of a pity party. Or, or, or we can do like Paul did and ask how. How can you use this, God? What are you doing behind the scenes, God? Where are you at work, God, that I can't see right now? I'll tell you a little story. Not, not this weekend, but the weekend before, uh, my, my sister uh, called me and just said, hey, I, I've got a request. Can I use your truck uh, this morning? Can you help me? I, I, I bought a dining room uh, table and chairs for a family in need in our church, and they can't deliver it. And I said, sure, but it has to be before 11 or after 3. That's when the Razorbacks are going to play. And uh, so, so let's get it on. Let's go. Let's get it done before 11. It's about 8 o'clock on Saturday morning. And, and she said, uh, she began to tell me the story. She said, I'm, I'm a bit frustrated because yesterday I was on the phone about to make the order, and, and uh, they were going to deliver it. But then I got sidetracked by a distraction, and I hung up the phone, told them I'd call them back. When I called them back this morning, they said they cannot no longer deliver it today on, on the day we need it. And I got distracted, and I was so frustrated. I said, what did you get distracted by? She said, my son, a high school boy, uh, was walking into his high school with his suit. He had a debate uh, tournament that day, and the wind blew, and a gust blew his suit into a mud puddle. And so he called his mom flipping out, you know, like a teenage boy would do in, in, in that moment. And, and she just said, I felt led to tell him, hey, uh, Brandon, some, sometimes things happen and it appears that it's out of our control, but the Lord is actually doing something behind the scenes. And, and, and she said, uh, she's telling me this story. And I said, hang on, let me call you back in a few minutes. And I called her back and I called the uh, guy who runs the furniture store, who goes to our church, who loves the Lord. It's a devoted Christian. And I said a couple of things. Number one, can you discount this thing? Number two, can you deliver it today? And he texted me back and said, absolutely. And he started asking me questions. I'm like, I have no idea. So I connected him and my sister. And they connected. And she called Meredith back a few hours later and said, can I just process this with you? And she said, I got distracted, felt led to tell my son, sometimes the Lord is working behind the scenes. Then I called this morning and they can't deliver the table. I'm so frustrated. I call Alex. Alex makes a call. This believer calls me and says, yes, of course, we'll discount it at 50% and we'll deliver it today. If the Lord had not allowed that suit to blow in that mud puddle, I'd have paid full price and it would have been delivered and God wouldn't have had a chance. Well, then this man texts me and says, I love you, Pastor Alex. You're so intelligent. You are thinking all the the time. This is what he said. I promise you. I, I framed it. And, 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 and he said, he said, your sister calls you to borrow your truck and you say, no, but I have a guy. And, and that's not exactly how it happened, but the Lord was doing something in the midst that, that, that we don't see. How often is that the case? If that's the case with a suit blowing in a mud puddle, how, how, how much more is that the case when we walk through real troubles in life? That, that God is behind the scenes shifting things around. And everything you think is a setback, God is saying, I can turn that into a setup. And I'm going to use it. In fact, he took the worst day in the history of the world, right? The crucifixion of his son and turned it into the best day in the history of the world. Salvation for all mankind. And the best way to get unstuck sometimes is just to start serving. 
just to put your faith in action. When, when you read Colossians 4, there is this theme that Paul has abandoned himself to God, abandoned himself to the mission of God. And I, that, that word is ringing through my heart all week long, that word abandoned. It's going to turn into a sermon series somewhere in, in the next year or so. But, but that word abandoned, sometimes I'm afraid we come into this place, we sing all the songs, we listen to the sermon, but we stay in control the whole process. And God is like, it's not real worship. If you don't ever come to a place where you are abandoning yourself to me, it's not true worship. And we say it this way around here all the time. Hey, worship the Lord by finding a place of service in the church and finding your purpose in in, in this world. Put some ownership in your faith of saying, I will abandon myself to you, Lord. This is all about you. And I quite honestly have found that the people who are the most generous in life are the ones who uh, who are the least lost when it comes to their purpose. Here's what I mean. They never seem to get stuck and they never seem to get down on themselves when they are stuck because they're always praying, God, what are you doing here? Just, just open a door and then I'll walk through the door. So, so God opens doors and he opens mouths. That's what he does, right? And, and, and Paul says, pray that you will be a good witness, that your actions will tell the world and that you won't ever have to say a word. Is that what he says? No, that's not at all what he says. By the way, one of the church fathers, St. Francis, we have a hospital named after him, St. Francis of Assisi, right? He's attributed with saying this, preach the gospel at all times, use words when necessary. There's no proof, by the way, that he ever said that. And whoever did say that is wrong. We always need to use words when we preach the gospel. The gospel is words right? It's the good news. It requires that we speak it. Paul says, pray that I will speak the gospel. Pray that you will walk through the doors. We we cannot believe that just being a good example in this world is enough. You got to tell others why you are acting that way. They'll watch you act different and just believe you're a vegetarian and not have any idea that Jesus is in your life, right? Why are you acting that way? You got to tell others why your life is different. You need to tell others how you came to know Jesus Christ. That's the point, right? We need to pray. We need to pray, pray, pray. Here's the second thing that we need to do is we need to stay. We need to pray and we need to stay. We need to stay in prayer. We need to stay prayed up, right? We need to uh, be in prayer, but not just once a day. We stay in that mindset. Paul says we need to stay alert. Look, devote yourselves to prayer. Stay stay alert in it with thanksgiving, right? Devote yourself uh, to prayer is what Paul is saying. Now, remember, we've talked about this every week in this series about these buckets, and we say that the, uh, the Sunday bucket or the spiritual bucket or, or, or the church bucket, that's when we pray. And then we leave that bucket on Sunday, right? And we go into all the other buckets of our lives uh, as we go out into the world. But, but he, Paul is saying, no, 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 devote yourselves to prayer. In other words, that's not just once a week. <clears throat> that's not just over a meal when, when, when you sit down to eat. No, you're, you're praying all day long. You're keeping an attitude and almost an atmosphere of prayer in your life throughout your day, and remaining close to God, abiding with Him, right? That's, that, that's the how of putting Him above all and giving Him uh, priority. You must be ready, staying alert. 
Because God will give you opportunities, right? In fact, I found he'll hand them out to me daily if I'm praying for them and, and praying about them. But, but it's up to you to be ready for them. And that's, that's why we always are praying, God, make us ready as a church. We're praying daily around here for God to open doors, whether it's a door to a new campus or a new ministry or a new mission. But by the way, our involvement in Care Portal has led to some uh, open doors recently. I'd like to tell you about two of them. Uh, one is called Christmas Wonderland. And, and in fact, write this down if you Christmas Wonderland, December 17th, Saturday, December uh, 17th. We're partnering with Christmas Wonderland at the Promenade Mall, and and the families who come to this event will will get to uh, make their way through a Christmas tree maze. They will bake cookies in one room with Mrs. Claus. They'll go in another room and throw snowballs and and save the uh, Christmas from the Grinch. They'll go in another room and and write a letter to Santa. They'll go in another room and build a toy in in the Santa workshop. and then we will, we will pray with them. And they will walk away with presents for Christmas. Uh, th- th- this is TC Toys on crack without us having to do all of it. And, and, and then we will host these people. We will pray with these people. Hopefully, we'll have a chance to pray, uh, help them come to know Christ in, in those situations. And so right now, we're looking for 200 volunteers who will serve with us on that evening. You can go to battlecreekchurch.com forward slash events and sign up to help December 17th that evening and help us minister to the people. But, but the people that we're inviting are, are people who are no stranger to our church. In other words, they are somebody we have ministered to through Care Portal. There's somebody we we've ministered to through adopted. There's somebody, we have some sort of a relationship and credibility with these particular people that, that, that they have opened their home to a foster child or uh, they have adopted or, or they have a special needs child that we have ministered to their life. We're going to pray for them individually and prayerfully we're going to introduce them to Christ. All in giving makes opportunities and open doors like this possible. A few weeks ago, I was asked to come to a meeting, a small meeting with, with G.T. Bynum, the, the mayor uh, of Tulsa, and, and they're thinking ahead this year, and they're, they're, they're trying to think ahead to the cold weather, and, and basically the city said, hey, we can't handle this problem. We need the churches uh, of Tulsa to handle this problem. So they're asking for our help in caring for the city and, and, and opening temporary shelters at some of our campuses in case of winter storms, in case of uh, below zeros over multiple days, right? And, and, and so we're, we're going to open our couple of our campuses for that regard. And if that happens, and then we will be able to have a local mission trip by going and serving those people at night, playing Monopoly with them or, or uh, serving a cup of uh, coffee or, or hot cocoa and, and ministering. And, you, and it's like you spend the night in your own bed and, and then come back the next evening and play again. And all of us can do that. You can sign up for that as well in case that happens, but we're thinking ahead. But why? We're asking for open doors. God, what are the open doors? And by the way, these two I just mentioned, and there are dozens more, were not around a year ago, right? They weren't on the board a year ago, looking for God to move and then asking him, what are you doing, God? How can we join you in what you're doing? See, it's foolish to pray, what can I do for God? No, no, no. The prayer is, God, what are you doing? And would you invite me to join you in what you're already doing? So being ready, always ready. And it's, by the way, it's not enough to be alert, right? You can have some alert on your phone to tell you, hey, someone broke in my house. But if, you, if all you do is get an alert and you don't have a plan, that's not going to help you, right? Paul, Paul, notice what Paul said, by the way. He said, stay alert in it. Look at this. With, say it. Thanksgiving. In other words, be grateful. Have an attitude of gratitude. 
In fact, years ago, we said it this way, an attitude of gratitude will determine your altitude. Chapters 3 and chapters 4 of Colossians, there is a theme, recurring theme of a grateful heart. In fact, every time I think about gratitude, every time I think about and hear the word gratitude, I think back to a book I read when I was 15 or 16 years old called The Hiding Place. How many of you have heard of The, the Hiding Place? How many of you have read the, the Hiding Place? How many of you have never heard of The Hiding Place? You need to get that one. It's about Corey Ten Boom and, and uh, during the Holocaust and, and them being sheltered in, in a home, uh, hiding from the Nazis, the German Nazis, and, and, and then being caught and captured and, and housed in concentration camps. And at one point, she and her sister, Corey Ten Boom, are, are, are uh, exercising gratitude in a concentration camp. And they are playing this game on a daily basis saying, hey, let's think of things that we can be grateful for. And in the process, they end up thanking God that their barrack, uh, where, where they're sleeping, is overcrowded. So why would you thank God for that? Well, they thank God for that because it was overcrowded. It meant more women were in those barracks that could hear about Jesus. At one point, they're standing there naked, being hosed off with fire hoses and abused. And in that situation, Corey says to her sister, Betsy, in tears, and says, I forgot to thank him for the fleas. And she said, what are you talking about? Why can we thank God for the fleas? And she said, I overheard the guards talking, saying that they won't come into our bunk room because there are so many fleas. Because the guards don't come in, we can have our Bible studies. That, that, that is putting thanksgiving into action in the worst place in the world. And they were able to see, because of that, what God happened to be doing behind the scenes. Thankfulness helps us look for the ways that God can use everything, even the bad things for good. And it comes down to this idea of what did you do with what God gave you? Were you grateful? Did you act wisely? Which, by the way, is the third point here. Remember, uh, pray, stay, and and act, and if you want it to rhyme, play, right? An act is a part of a play, and you run the play. And so we need to be acting wisely with what we have been given, right? And here's how Paul put it. Look what he says. He says, act wisely towards outsiders. So much to unpack in this one short, short verse. Uh, but first of all, we act wisely. We need to be wise with what God gives us, right? We can waste it. We, we can take it for granted. We can overlook it. But we need to be wise. We need to be wise about our finances, about our time, about our jobs, about our family, about our relationships. If it's a gift from God, we need to be wise about it. Amen? So secondly, he says, act this way towards outsiders. That's a strange word, I think, but it's Paul's word, uh, outsiders. It doesn't mean weirdos. It, it means someone who doesn't belong yet. It means someone who is outside of the family of God uh, so far, right? They belong here. God loves them. God wants to save them. God let his son die for them, but they're not here yet. In other words, we say it this way on a regular basis. We exist for those not yet reached, right? We exist for those not, re not yet reached. God is always concerned about the 99. 
But there seems to be a theme in Scripture that appears that he is more thrilled about the one who is lost coming into the family than he is about the 99. And, and, and we as a church should share in God's excitement, right? And part of going all in is that we go all in for others. We go all in for the unreached. We go all in for the lost, for the one. We, we need to be praying for those doors to open for us to reach the one. And, and think about this. We pray for open doors and we pray for open mouths, We're praying for the words to say that we could follow up with our actions, right? We we don't just pray and and say, okay, God, now it's your turn. In Jesus' name, amen, period. There's not a period that comes with the word amen. Amen doesn't mean finished. Amen means I agree. So when you say amen at the end of a prayer, you're agreeing with God. And you're saying, I'm with you, God. Now it's time for us to get to work, God. When we say in Jesus' name, amen, it means, Jesus, what I just prayed, I prayed in your authority. Jesus, what I just prayed, I prayed it's in your will. Jesus, what I just prayed, I will do in your power. Amen. I agree. And now we go look for opportunities to share Jesus, to serve others, to give. Uh, and we, we pray, we pray, we pray, we pray. We pray for clarity. We pray for open doors. We stay in prayer in an attitude of gratitude. And then we run the play uh, uh, with what we have been given. Acting wisely means we're aware of how precious the time is. How are we going to make the most of the brief moment that you and I are here on planet earth? And the opposite of acting wisely is what? Acting foolishly, right? Acting a fool. And that means to spend your life focused on yourself or focusing only on the temporal, or focusing not on the eternal. And you might work hard, you might plan, you might save, you might even leave a big pile of cash for, for the generation that comes behind you, but, but you might do all of that. But if you're not leaving a spiritual heritage, none of that's going to matter, right? Because it's all going to get spent anyway. Instead, why, why not invest it now in your future, in your family's future, laying it up in heaven for the future of God's family? Our, our team put together a recap video over the last several weeks of uh, some of the testimonies and some of the things that are going in uh, to all in. Watch this video, if you would. has blessed us Battle Creek. And and, and with that blessing comes a responsibility to go all in for the blessing of the world. And and we're also taking that question that we're asking ourselves as a church, and we're asking it of of ourselves personally, where where has God blessed you? And, And where is he inviting you to go all in? The only safe rule when it comes to generosity is to give until it scares you. Because only then do you know that you are giving by faith. Now, if you want a a, a safe life, I'm not talking to you in in this series, right? But if you want a life that goes all in and and counts for eternal significance, that only comes by following Jesus with total abandon. The Christian life does not work when you hedge your bets. 
faith does not become faith until you act on it, right? Because it involves action. Now, where do we get that kind of faith or that kind of confidence to jump all in with God? We overcome the struggle when we grasp God's commitment to us. Like when God gives you more, he will require more. And I feel like we've been given a lot. And that's scary to think he's going to ask more. Like it's not just for me, it's for other people. It's to honor the Lord because he's given me everything that I have. I, I want to I be able to say at the end of this that we did all that we could do. Although All In is a two-year commitment, um, it's really supposed to be a life change. So when you think about return on investment, you might not be able to calculate it, but you better know it's gonna be worthwhile. I started to realize it's more than just surrendering our finances, but surrendering everything, that he can only bless those things that we give him. What are we doing to put God first, the church first, and to set an example for our family and our children uh, that Christ is above all. Christ has called us to give. Um, we are here at Battle Creek because we believe that this church is committed to the work of Christ. There's a little bit of fear, but I would say that there's a heavier excitement to it because I am confident that we are being called to step in faith with our church. I've seen God do huge things through this church over the last 18 years. I've seen it, I've experienced it, I've been a part of it, and I know that He's going to continue doing that. It's been this journey the past few months of God just saying, hey, clear your budget. <laughs> and there's just a couple things I know He wants me to pay every month, but outside of that, what do you want to give? I don't know if I'm crazy, but I feel like every time the Lord asks you to be a little uncomfortable, that's when you see the biggest movement in your life. I just think God's got something bigger for us. I mean, we're seeing His blessing and favor now, but I just believe it's just gonna continue to pour on because where I love is now that we've, we've been in this holiday journey for a year, even pastor said, hey, we're stretching it a little bit more. And I think, like I said, when we're stretched, we see God move, and I can't wait to watch he's, what He's going to do over this next year and the next 25 years here at Battle Creek Church. Let me ask you, if you would, to take that card that was in the chair when, when you came in uh, today, when you walked in, or maybe you brought yours with you uh, today. And uh, if you're online, you, you can find the card at the link that's going to show up on the screen. But, but I, I want you to remember that there's at least three groups of people here, here with us today. And some of you are going to uh, take your very first step and join us in this all-in uh, journey today. You, you're you're going to join us in year two uh, of all-in by making a one-year commitment to go all-in with your generosity and, and your faith. Others of you are, are uh, committing uh, to finish strong the commitment that you made a year ago, uh, maybe because the last year has been very challenging and, and your commitment uh, is either just as challenging as it was when you made it or maybe even more challenging than it was w when you made it. A and others of us, it's not that our original commitment was easy because likely it required more faith than we've ever demonstrated before. But if we're honest, another step 
uh, is what God is asking us to do and and to take. And God is calling uh, some of us once again into the unknown, just like Abraham, right? And and he's convicting us that, that while a year ago we did put him above all, some things have gotten in the way of him being above all uh, today. And, and today we're reflecting and we're thinking about what God w- would have each of us do in terms of making an investment into his kingdom. But can I tell you over the next few minutes while we're thinking about what God would have us to do in terms of investment into his kingdom, I think God is thinking about the families in in Broken Arrow who will have a seat or a parking spot or our church who don't currently have one. I think he's thinking about special needs families all all over this city who will be reached and find a place to belong in our haven ministry. I I, I think he's thinking about uh, children and families that we're making space for at South Tulsa and and Midtown. I, I think he's thinking about kids who will now have a ride to church in our new van at the downtown campus. I I think he's thinking about the people who can escape the cold weather or finally have a Merry Christmas. I I think he's thinking about Spanish speakers who will hear the gospel in their own language at Battle Creek Church through our downtown campus. I think he's thinking uh, of all the cars driving by the Owasso campus who will soon view that campus as permanent, as an inviting place, as a permanent fixture in in that city. I I think he's thinking about people who will find freedom from hurts and habits and hangups and celibate recovery. I I think he's thinking about those who will be trained for a future in ministry. Thanks to the Battle Creek Institute. I think he's thinking about the kids that will be reached for Christ through the meeting of physical needs via care portal in our public school system. I think he's thinking about the growth of TC Egypt uh, to include five campuses in five different cities across that country and beyond that into five countries in the Middle East where hundreds of millions of Muslims will now have access to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think he's thinking about the 20,000 people who have come through TC Jordan in the last seven years who have been sent out to the four corners of the world to tell others about the gospel. So so what's going to happen is is the band is going to play. And and we want to give you time to think and to pray and to to reflect and to respond. Uh, But but the question that I want you pondering is, is Jesus truly above all in my life? And and, and as you have gone all in for him, have you? Can can you truly say uh, that he is still above all Or are there some changes that need to be made? Lean into Jesus. Keep declaring him above all and know that he is faithful. So we're to pray and we're to stay and we're to run the play and and, and we're going to do that. You're going to stay seated for for the next few minutes. We're going to give you time to pray. Talk quietly with your spouse if if applicable and to write on, on your card. And so go ahead and every campus, take this time and prepare your card. If you already filled it out, just take a few minutes to dedicate it to to the Lord. Then I'll come back in a few moments and give us some instruction.
For those of you who were here a few weeks ago, I, I talked about a group of us worshiping at T.C. Jordan. And for those of you who weren't here, it's a campus that, that we have in Amman, Jordan. It's made up of refugees. All of the congregation is uh, refugees, primarily Iraqi or uh, Palestinian or uh, Sudanese and Syrian. And when I got on stage, I asked the pastor, so where, where's all the people? Because it, it felt smaller. And he said, Pastor Alex, he said, in the last month, we, we've had 150 families travel. And travel means that they were given a UN document to go to another country to have a chance to make a life. Because in Jordan, they, they have the, the status of slave. They're not allowed to even have a job officially. And, and so they'll never have anything other than what's provided by the government in that moment. And, and he brought a, one of those recycling bin kind of things up on it. And it was just stacks of paper. And he said, the, these are the papers for the people who have traveled in the last seven years. And, and he did the math and said, it's 20,000 people who have come through TC Jordan, been exposed to the gospel and, and been discipled for a season and then sent out all over the world. This is all fleshing out with me on stage. Like I, I'm, I, this is, I hadn't heard that that many people had traveled and this is what was going on. And uh, so I asked the congregation, how many of you know somebody who traveled and all the hands went up. And I said, how many of you are praying for the day you will travel? All the hands went up. And I said, how many of you are uh, a, a bit selfish of the fact that other people got to travel and you didn't get to travel and no hands went up. And, and I said, you're lying. And, and uh, they said, no, 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 no. And they talked back and said, they just said, we're, we're thrilled. And, and, and as you think through this moment right here, that those of us who are still left here on earth, Meredith and I were talking about this morning and, and we've been talking about her dad and, and, uh, who has traveled on to his heavenly home. We've been talking about a few other things in our house the last few weeks, but, but, but this morning she said, you know, I, we're, we're, we're excited for those who have traveled on to their eternal home. But we're also excited to travel to, to our eternal home. And, and this little earthly representation of our own brothers and sisters in Christ at T.C. Jordan are excited for those who've traveled ahead, but they're also excited for the day and look, looking for and longing for, preparing for the day that they, they will travel. And what if as non-citizens of earth, we really are focused on the day that we will travel to our forever home, our eternal home, and Jesus said, you can't take any of this with you, but you can send it on ahead. What, what, what if we're so focused on that day, on that travel, on that eternity, that, that, that we rearrange what we do with all the things here and, and now, longing for the day that we will travel. Church, we're going to do this. And we're going to step out on faith. And if today uh, you, you, you feel like your toes are curling over the end of the high dive like you did at children's camp and all the people are out in the pool cheering you on, and it may have gone 15 minutes. Remember that? It may have gone 15 minutes of your knees shaking, of am I going to go, am I going to go? And you go back and the lifeguard says, no, you're not climbing down the ladder. That's too dangerous. And you go back. And if you feel that right now, if you feel your toes gripping that board, then, then you have done this right. 
You have done this in a way that is honoring your Lord, and I applaud that in you today. And so at all our campuses, would you stand together? And as you stand, I just want to say a blessing over you. Father, today over your kids, all of your kids at all of our campuses, I pray, Father, that today you would well up within them a great deal of faith. God-given faith. It's greater than the faith we could work up on our own, but it's faith in you, that you are all-powerful, you are all-knowing, you are ever-present, and you are all-loving. And so today, any step that you call us to is about your holiness, us recognizing that you will be holy forever. It's us joining in the chorus of heaven, of holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and forevermore will be. Church today, at the front of every campus is a receptacle for when you're ready to bring your card and give it to your heavenly father. Let's do this this morning, church. Let's do it together.